0: Hello and welcome to In the Envelope, and awards podcast. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. I'm here to spotlight some of the most exciting film, television, and theater awards contenders working today. Who is in the running? What makes an awards-worthy performance? And how can you, my dear listener, win a statue of your own? We're sitting down for intimate, inspirational interviews with actors and artists to get that insider's perspective on these questions and more. It's an opportunity for some of today's most talented stars to share their craft and career advice, and maybe, just maybe, provide a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope.
1: I mean, I think it's like, more than perseverance Mm. it's finding ways to one facilitate your art and that does mean all the side jobs right and all the side hustles Mm -hmm. but in the process always remembering that who you are in every space is who you're going to be period it's just it just is like every space is an opportunity to practice the kind of human being the kind of artist you're going to be
0: I want to
2: ask you where you're from. I was brought up in London, mm-hmm. and then where exactly in London? South London. Okay, s- borders of Surrey, which is quite a oh. quite a nice area. Mm-hmm. But where we were mm, was a pretty average area. It's fine. It wasn't like the ghetto. It wasn't like rural mm-hmm. residents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we moved to the south coast of England, right? Which is uh, pretty, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot going on. Sure. And then I was there until I was 27. And then we moved to America at 27. Gotcha.
0: At 27. Okay.
2: Yeah. So what about you?
0: I'm from Honolulu, Hawaii. I was born and raised there. So I spent the first 18 years of my life there. Very much island living. But also Honolulu is pretty urban, not as urban as New York. But uh, yeah, then I I did I went to school in a little bit upstate New York in the Hudson Valley. then I came to New York City. I've been there for six years. I just had to ask because it felt fitting mm. given my interview with DeWanda Wise, which yeah. is airing today, today's episode, because it was such a great interview and we we tackled a lot. But a lot of it, of what it came, listening to it again, I was reminded of how much we talked about where you're from and how important mm. that is, what it says about you. She talked about being from Maryland. She talked about her kind of roots in New York where she studied drama she also studied urban studies so she actually knows a lot about new york and that all informed her role as nola darling yes in the 2017 netflix series she's gotta have it Mm. she's gotta have it is it's first of all it's such a great show and for anyone who doesn't know that it's based on spike lee's film from the 80s which was kind of a groundbreaking film in its own way there's not really any film in existence like it which yeah. you could say about a lot of spike lee's films hmm. but that was his first feature film and of course dewanda knew of his work and she went to nyu and he, she even talked about a um guest lecture that spike lee came to where she like briefly met him yeah with denzel washington actually yeah and um the way that she got this part where she's going to play nola darling who's already played by another actress tracy camilla johns in the original film it's a really interesting story it's yeah. not the way that people typically get cast
2: yeah and i thought hearing about her history and how she got into acting i thought that was particularly interesting yeah and different to what we've heard from a lot of mm. other guests on this podcast sure, sure, that sure, she sure. wasn't necessarily four years old watching the tv thinking that's what i want to do when right. i grow up This was something that she, you know, she'd come to after trying and failing at maybe a few other things. Yeah, she called herself
0: like a -a commitophobic kid. She couldn't commit to anything. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that too. Sure. You know? Sure. And she, she, like a lot of great actors and a lot of the great actors we've talked to, she did, she put in the work. She put in the training, but she also put in the work of like... The side jobs, the side hustles, yep. um, some of which informed this Nola Darling, this character. Because yeah. Spike Lee is such a collaborator yeah. that he works with his actors, especially like the star of his show, to create the character. He really wanted to make someone modern too, to really update She's Gotta Have It. Yeah, The original film is in black and white. This is very much in color. It's very woke in a 2017-2018 sense season two is coming i'm excited yeah i don't know exactly when it drops but um dewanda wise was also set to star in the captain marvel movie which is the next big marvel studios movie but she had to drop out right and as we talked about at the very beginning of this interview it sucks but it's also like what a great problem to have like she had to drop out of her marvel engagement to be the lead in a tv show like that's yeah and a role that she loves playing she was drinking tea at the studio and her tea bag had a little message on it. And she was telling me about it and how it's, and how that's prophetic or like relevant to her life and her work. And I do think of her as someone like, she was so chill. She was so cool to talk to because she, she's someone who sees, she's kind of a poet. I didn't say that to her, but I'm saying it to her now. Cause like, I think of her as someone who sees meanings in places that, one wouldn't normally see meanings, or she sees deeper meanings, and she's yeah, she really reads into stuff, and that makes her a very perceptive kind of performer.
2: I think actors have to have a certain part of mm-hmm. that that they've developed or have it naturally, yeah. Um, they have to have that perception and that sort of um sensitivity to sensitivity. things. We talked a lot know. about sensitivity, yeah,
0: yeah. A lot of being in touch with your emotions just means being open and present in the world yeah and like if you've seen any really any one episode of, of she's gotta have it it's a demonstration of an actress and a character and i do think and we talked about this the line between the two is a little bit blurred mm-hmm. an actress and a character who is very much open to the, what she's receiving in the world
2: yeah I thought that it was uh, really, really interesting to hear her discussing how she works with uh, Spike Lee. Yes. And how you talk about collaboration there, Mm -hmm. how it is very one-to-one. Of course, he has this incredible Mm. history and experience and, you know, of course, age uh, that goes along with that. And uh, And it would be very easy to be intimidated by that, I think. But she didn't strike me as someone who would be intimidated by that at all. No,
0: I would be so intimidated by working with him. And instead, she approached her auditions with him and her first, her biggest kind of scene. Sometimes he threw last minute projects at her to film. And she just isn't phased. Well, she
2: just say new, new words. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the terminology wasn't quite right. Yeah. And Dwanda Wise is the kind
0: of person where she doesn't blink. She's, yeah. She's ready. And I got that sense from her. She's a formidable person, but also just a warm, just really lovely presence. And you'll you'll hear that in this yeah. interview. Let's do it. Let's go to this amazing interview. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you are an actor or an aspiring actor, someone at the beginning of your artistic career and you haven't signed up for Backstage yet and you don't know how it works, I have good news for you. Backstage is offering 30 whole days completely free just for our In The Envelope listeners. If you visit backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code envelope, you will have full access to the site where you can make a profile, upload a headshot, upload a reel, start applying to the thousands of casting notices uploaded every single day on the world's number one casting platform. Again, we are giving listeners of this podcast 30 days completely free to try out Backstage. Go to checkout, that's backstage.com slash subscribe, and enter the code ENVELOPE. If you want to be in contention for an Emmy or for an Oscar or for a Tony or for a SAG award, do as many of the guests on this podcast have suggested and use Backstage. We are here for you. Again, free 30-day trial, backstage.com slash subscribe. Enter the code envelope. Dewanda Wise plays Nola Darling in the Netflix hit She's Gotta Have It, adapted for episodic TV by the one and only Spike Lee, whose 1986 film about this sexually woke Brooklynite artist put him on the map as a filmmaker. Originating from Baltimore and trading as an actor at NYU and Atlantic Theatre Company, Dewanda is also known for her performances in Shots Fired and Underground. Here it is, our interview with the fabulous Dewanda Wise. How are you today? I'm excellent. What did she tell you again?
1: What did what? Your tea? It told what it me say? what belongs to you shall come to you. And that's only we were literally just talking about how <sighs> I can't do Captain Marvel because it conflicts with very privileged problems. just heard this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> silly conversation. You got it in perspective. Right? Yeah. I mean, I do. And it's also like presumably just being very optimistic, right? this Mm. is not the first i mean it's not the last like conflict i'll have it just happens to be a really dramatic first conflict yeah
0: um but But you're the lead on a tv show but i'm the lead on a a
1: tv show you gotta do what you gotta do
0: yeah oh so this just happened yeah yeah
1: and is that because you're um
0: when is uh, season two is filming when now
1: season two starts may i'm working on a indie now well a netflix indie yes Um, okay cool but season two starts May twenty ninth, and the conflict was like late June. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Marvel takes up a lot of time. I yeah, because yeah. they're like they'll say it's a couple of because you know retrospect afterwards, everyone was like, yeah, they'll say it's a number of days, and then they'll just. But then they gotta put you what, be training you there. or whatever. Yeah, all could that. turn you into a superhero and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're
0: better off focusing on.
1: Yeah, I and I kind of like to do that. You know? Sure. Like sure. I. Admire actors who are better at multitasking than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm just, I mean, I did it a little bit with season one, trying to like jump in between characters. Yeah, it's while not, filming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really hard. Sure. <laughs> for your first
0: big role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What other roles were those? That was. I was still finishing Underground. Oh, Underground. Um, you know, Geechee Gullah accent, eighteen hundreds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so different. Oh my gosh. Totally. Yeah, it was wild. Uh, you have such an amazing story. Um, <laughs> and I can't wait to. I'm so excited for this. I'm such a huge fan. Um, she's got to have it as. So I was just thinking today how excited I am for season two just yeah. because it's a story, it's the character that we yeah. as audience members want to check in on. Right. I'm sure you feel the same way yep. about her. <laughs> and I
1: know nothing yet. It's really great. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. I mean, I had like, you know, a kind of preliminary meeting to talk about mm-hmm. what I wanted, um, but I'm super open. What do you want for the character? I mean, or as the character. there were certain things that I thought were certain themes that resonated with me. Um, mm. I was interested in seeing the development, more the development of the female friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. That spoke to me a lot. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, just little, little nuancey things, mm-hmm. you know, Pre- like season two, she's going to be grappling with success. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. It's very meta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have things to harness there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very similar to season one. I had a, you know, we were like, they were like, what other side hustles could NOLA have? And I was like, I have a list. Um, I've done them all. (laughs) I've done them all. Got you, got you, got you, got you.
0: And that's, um, you've got your dog walking. Mm -hmm. You've got your... um, Tutoring. Tutoring. Uh, I know that as a student at NYU, Mm -hmm. you did a lot of student films, which isn't necessarily a survival job, but... Mm -hmm. You you did a lot. That was yeah. like your instruction. I was film.
1: A, and I was a teaching artist through CUNY. There was oh, a program cool. at CUNY, just like Nola, just like Nola. Cool. Yeah, for sure.
0: But what is your relationship with actual art? Art, not art. Art. Just I mean, um,
1: visual art. Visual art. Yeah. Um, I had none. I yeah. kid you not. Like the only reason totally. I, the only reason I became an actor. This is horrible. I was um <laughs> accomplished quitter. Like I was a very ah. accomplished quitter of things. An accomplished quitter. Yes. Mm. Much to my mother's chagrin because she would invest in things and then I'd be over it really fast. Oh, I see. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the only reason I took drama was because I started taking an art class, you know, mm. and when you're training to be a visual artist, it's like it's really you got to learn the basics, right? Of course. So I'm in class and they're like teaching us the basics. We're literally drawing lines. Yeah. And I was like, no thanks. <laughs> it's boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like, boring. yeah. The basics are boring. The basics are boring. I'm in high school. You know, I was a yeah. sophomore, and I was just like, never mind. I'll just do drama. Uh huh. That's what happens. And I heard there was also like a um, an
0: option of detention or being cast in yeah, the play, yeah, yeah, which no is the, attention music man. Mm-hmm.
1: It was the Music Man. It's the Music Man.
0: But that really turned you on. It really was the inspiration.
1: I mean, it was it was so immediate and so clear Ugh. and so oh, I don't have to quit this thing because you know you work on a project for two months and then oh, or yeah. three or four and then that's it. Cool, totally. You're on to something else. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's I consider it the perfect fit. Obviously, I'm it really was being lucky.
0: bit by the bug. Yeah. essentially yeah for sure. and so was nyu like a logical next step
1: it was a logical next step i actually really wanted to go to fordham oh okay because yeah. denzel went to fordham uh yes <laughs> yes and he studied journalism and he studied journalism Interesting. ventured into acting mm-hmm. um or like north carolina school of the arts you know because sure. jada went there for two seconds oh. <laughs> these are the people you're, you're these were the people to. i was like the actors oh, okay yeah. yeah sure you know they felt but
0: plenty of people went to NYU.
1: Plenty of people went to NYU. I don't know why it wasn't like, you know, I think I was just like, oh, you know, it was very, I latched on to the whole working class background. Oh, sure. Um from Baltimore. Yeah. So she was always such an icon to me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was just, it was pretty clear when I, when I got to NYU that it was the the place. And NYU was a
0: good experience for you, right? The best. Okay. Yeah. Because, because some people get there and they're like, but I'm not acting enough. Or, yes. I this is what isn't what I envisioned, but you also studied urban studies. I did, which is cool, I and I feel like that means that you weren't all in on acting. Yeah, I mean, able to spread yourself.
1: Out. I was able to keep the perspective.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah. And I think you know, and why you can be really overwhelming, especially undergrad. It's like five hundred kids, right? You know, it's and divided if- up by the studios. Which right. makes it feel a little smaller. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day it's easy to kind of feel lost, I'm sure, in a system like that. Of course. But it was such a I mean it's if and you a place take
0: it doesn't have a real campus.
1: Yeah. At all. If you're it's looking a for community, city. it's just not Yeah. It's not a thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, and I, I happen to be a community builder for sure. I just yeah, cool. I will always be. It's mm. like in my DNA. <laughs> um, so that didn't really Intimidate me. And, you know, I was an RA there. Oh, cool. um, Which required programming, community building. Yeah. um, I was president of, like, there was, like, a (laughs) black artist organization Uh called The Collective. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, I was really engaged, like, really super early on. And the student films were part of that? The student films were just, you know, I love to act. Like, while you're training... Mm you're not actually doing it really. Totally. You know what I mean? Like you're you're picking up the tools to learn how to do it. Right. Um, but like learning how to draw, um, Aha. it can be really slow. Yeah. And so the student films were really my opportunity to continue to practice and mm-hmm. do what I actually love to do, which is like yeah. jump in, you know, um, in a place to apply the things that I was learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I just did a, yeah. a guest class um, Oh, cool. With my studio, um, and I ran into my speech teacher afterwards, and she was like, did you talk about speech? And I was like, I didn't, and I should have, because I use it a lot.
0: How interesting. That must have been so full circle. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was really especially as,
0: um Now explain to me, especially as Spike Lee, he came in and taught, was it you, your class, or was it like he taught a film class and you were in one of the films?
1: Which it was, was it? we used to have... Um, kind of larger interdisciplinary guest classes. Mm. So it was acting okay. students, film students, right. writers, um, kind of like hand-picked yeah. uh, students. I went to a couple of those like, I was a nerd, you know, sure. such a such a brown noser. Um, so I was, always, I was always invited to those kind of round tables and mm-hmm. he and Denzel um, taught one of them.
0: Oh, Denzel was with him. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, so you remember that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And so how did you get this part? Because I've heard that it was like a lot of different people in his life mm-hmm. recommended you, but yep. all for different projects of yours.
1: Yeah, all for different projects, none of huh. which, you know, paid me any money. It was great. It's very, very. That's the dream. That's there the dream. There you go. That's the dream. Yeah. Um, it was your work yeah. that ended up standing out. Mm-hmm. One was an indie by a student, a former student mm. of NYU, to hear mm-hmm. Jetter. Um, And we met working on a short film. Amazing. Um, And uh, these friends and yeah. 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 Community. Um, Yes. Yeah. It's everything. It really is. It really is. Mm -hmm. I
0: mean, it it even seems like community almost is superior to.
1: I mean, it became this thing where, you know how they say like, oh, it's just who, you know, I Mm -hmm. always amended. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, it's, it's who, you know, who believes in you. Yeah. And I think, you yeah. know a lot of young artists get tripped up on trying to like network up yeah and not really cultivating the people who are right next to them cool you yeah. know and thinking at their career level at yeah. Their career level yeah and it's not even it's really not even mm. i was always just seeking out the filmmakers the writers the directors who were creating the space to do what i wanted to do mm. you know so it's less it feels less of a matter of like networking has a connotation right absolutely you know it sounds Mm -hmm. it feels like a bit opportunistic yeah um desperate yeah and it doesn't have to be that you know you find the other people who love to make art Mm -hmm. um and you make art with them by any means necessary and then Mm. it continues to grow and expand and you know the next thing you know you're making an indie together and you go to sundance right totally it could be quite beautiful
0: Sure. And if that art that you're making at the time is not great mm-hmm. or, you know, not at the mm-hmm. level that you know, right. you have taste, mm-hmm. that it's at the level that you want it to be. Right. That's the benefit of working with people at your level because you're just going to keep pushing yourselves up yes, together. Yes.
1: And you're going to keep growing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's and that desperate, that grasping thing mm-hmm. of like, oh, that person's more famous or more well-connected right. or more, I don't know. Shiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're, that networking thing does have kind of a negative
1: it does and it's fine if that is your strength I admire people you know my husband is an yeah. extrovert and he's gregarious mm. and he can do it in a very organic and like mm. heartfelt authentic way you know yeah um it's not my strong suit it's not for me
0: <laughs> no I'm, I'm good once I'm in with a person yes it's the initial hello mm-hmm and, then, like, at an event, at a party, or something, I'm just,
1: no, I can't yeah, do that. Yeah. I mean, Spike himself was just like, how have I never met you? And I was like, we have. Uh-huh. We have.
0: How long had it been since you'd met
1: him? I mean, at that point, probably 10 years. Oh, okay. Like, I was actually, yeah. he threw, like, there was this huge cruise right because i was in with 40 acres i was like doing random stuff like mm-hmm. small commercials and cool. you know i'd known his ad mike ellis for years and he had this like 40 for 40 cruise i want to say or 20 for 20 mm-hmm. i don't remember i think it was like 20 years 20 films um mm-hmm. but a huge cruise like oprah was on it oh. and my task was to <laughs> escort uh wesley snipes and his family around that was your job, your yeah. gig. Yeah, it was my gig. <laughs> okay, and I did it well. His family's very lovely. <laughs> Shout out to Wesley Snipes. Um, <laughs> how did you get this gig? I just, I do not remember the first time <laughs> I ever met anyone through Forty Acres. I really, genuinely wow. don't. Like it might have, it might have been a backstage thing. It might have been something. Yeah, sure. yeah, you know what I mean, like a, a call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. oh okay.
0: Um, These paths that you can never predict how you're gonna get ever to where you're gonna get. Yeah. To lead on a Netflix show. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) And what was, what do you remember about that first, not first meeting with Spike, but the first meeting with Spike as as Nola, or were you already for sure Nola? No, it
1: was, I um, had a director session. Really, my first impression was that he reminded me of my grandfather.
0: Oh, wow, cool.
1: That was my first impression. Mm. Um, You know, Hmm. Ellis Wise was such a character. Um, super strong minded, opinionated, Mm -hmm. um, intimidating is, I'm not going to cuss, but like super intimidating. (laughs) And it's one of those things where if you grow up with someone like that, a personality like that, um, I just, it was so familial, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, so I left and I was, I remember like being on the flight going back, I was still filming underground. Mm -hmm. And being like, oh, that was supposed to be like intimidating, you know, because Spike is a tester. Interesting. He's naturally mischievous. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, Noel is a true number one. Mm. And it is grueling. (laughs) It is grueling. And so... Part of his process for my director session was kind of like almost a test of character strength.
0: Of your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, when I got to set, hmm. he's super gentle with actors. Okay. Super kind, super generous. He will not like. I mean, he'll, like, pitch a bitch to anyone else. He will literally go and yell in a van if he feels like, if he's frustrated, but he will not yell at his actors. Interesting. Yeah.
0: But in the audition process, it, he he's, tends to be a little more challenging. And it's not yeah. just because he's mischievous. It's because he really wants to put you. He really wants the to rose. put you up. Yep. Yeah. Yep, under the fire. So a little what bit. was that? What were those? He just tasks?
1: called cut like 18 times. It was ridiculous. Like every time I would oh. just like start up and. You know, it'd be for the direct address monologue to camera. The very camera. first one. Very first one. Mm-hmm. And he would just keep calling cut. You know, anytime I would look away, he would call cut.
0: Wow. To throw you off, really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it just, you know, it, look at you. You it like, was amusing. Yeah, it didn't phase me. <laughs> I was like, that's fine. Tell me how to fix it. Right. You know? Yeah. You're not like, oh, God. No, I, I was like, what do you want? And then um, I didn't have all the sides uh, uh-huh. for my read. And he was like, let's do this, you know, next thing. And I was like, can't do it. I don't have it. I didn't have that. Yeah. And that was that? Yeah. I was like, oh.
0: <laughs> so not only were you not intimidated, you were like actively not intimidated. I was like, it's You were intimidating. I was probably intimidating. <laughs> okay. So to get, to really get into it here, yes, I am intimidated by Spike Lee too. Mm-hmm. And I I studied his films in high school and I did revisit She's Gotta Have It before yeah. I started this, watching this show. Nice. Which, I don't know if you recommend people doing that right before they start the show. Because it's very much its own thing, but I loved seeing the overlap between the performances. Especially in the first episode, Mm -hmm. where there seems to be more overlap. Yep. Even in your mannerisms, Mm -hmm. which is so cool. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I really thought it was only in the first episode, and then you, because the show is evolving the character, you then evolved the character, too.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the little special nuggets of watching the film and then watching the series is there are some scenes that are verbatim. Yeah. You know, oh, there's yeah. like, there are pieces of the monologues that are verbatim. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's genius, re- is really that? fun. Uh-huh. I mean, it just shows like what I've said from Inception, which is the film was so ahead of its time. Exactly. It just really was. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. The fact that even
0: now this adaptation of that film is still considered... I don't know progressive. I don't know racy. Right, racy, edgy. There's a lot of sex. There's Mm -hmm. some nudity, although not as much nudity
1: as we
0: can get to that later.
1: Thank you, by the way, because whenever people were like, "It's so much," I was like, "I was like, is it?"
0: (laughs) The film I almost had more. more, I don't know.
1: I guess because it's an hour and a half positive versus it's very sex positive. Yeah,
0: yeah. But my so. Spike Lee intimidates me mm-hmm. because he's brilliant and because he's very idiosyncratic. It's it's very much his own thing. He has his vision. yeah. And I do want to get into, like, how much of this iteration of Nala was mm-hmm. yours. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm, help me understand, as a white boy from Honolulu, as Hilarious. a gay white boy from Honolulu, Hawaii, <laughs> and this art, uh-huh. um, you know, what is this for black people and white people Mm. is it for Mm -hmm. black women is it for men and women Mm -hmm. what is it who is the audience for the show
1: that's a great question (laughs) I mean I think you know Spike's interesting and we share this in common Um, and we're we're just super open and receptive Mm -hmm. you know and I've always believed that my work has always been for the people that it's for period okay Um, and your kindreds come in all shapes and sizes mm-hmm. right all yes. backgrounds yes. i believe that from the fullness of my heart i was like on the train the other day with my husband um and i really need better sunglasses but you know these oh. <laughs> these um these women came up to me and they're french like we have a huge following in like france really in brazil yeah cuz you think sex positive Mm, what do you think? True, 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 true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what and I mean. And Netflix. And Netflix. Yeah. It's global. Mm. Um. So I've. I think it's very. You know, I take pride in representing for Black women. Period. Yeah. Like I take pride in being in making sure that my work is specific and nuanced, and you know, showing the kind of scope and breadth of who we are and who we can be. Mm. Um. Yeah. But by virtue of that kind of like specificity, you know, it creates a a universal, like you know, this sense of universality, right? Sure. Nola's for artists. Um, Nola's for people who don't subscribe to labels. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Nola is for people who are still figuring shit out. Yes. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah. Nola's for the hustlers. Nola's for the dreamers. You know, mm. this director I work with described her as like, <laughs> like a little sexy Mary Tyler Moore. You know, she's just like oh, yeah, yeah, going through her mm. journey. Yeah, her own um, path. Her own path yeah. and trying to retain and maintain her joy and sense of self in the process. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've. Continue to allow myself to just be surprised by who receives her. Mm, I love that, and I think that's almost that's almost my experience as an audience
0: member of like it is about continuing to let yourself be surprised by what resonates with you mm-hmm. and what connects with you in that universe. That that idea of like the hustler aspect and the not knowing what you're doing in your 20s aspect, of course, those resonate with me. Yeah, the Brooklyn part. Yes, I've been living in Brooklyn for six years in Crown Heights which mm-hmm. is not far mm-hmm. from Fort Greene. Right. And even in Six Years I have seen it change. Yeah. Drastically. So uh, this a show that we're Brooklyn is really would you agree it's a character oh, yes, in the show. Oh yes, absolutely. That that is really interesting to see too especially considering the film versus
1: the right? TV show. Right. Like you see that yeah. you know there's that one Nola's birthday in the park, you know, yeah, and there's the a dancer color. next to that mm. monument and mm-hmm. no one's there and now you go to Fort Greene Park, it's Fort Greene Park like Yeah. You know, um, and those simple nods to that, you know, making her a dog walker. <laughs> so many For sure. <laughs>
0: and her white neighbor who's, you know, got questions. She's not maybe as woke as the rest of her
1: right. The original crew. And... You know, one of my favorite things about our update, there's an actress. Um, her name's Elise Hudson. She plays my upstairs neighbor. And mm. originally that role was just supposed to be like, the white girl in African dance class who's really good oh yeah 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 Uh uh-huh and she I mean Spike will do this he'll just be like come back next week okay (laughs) and so her role grew so much interesting and it was like yeah I mean no but have white friends like it is 2016 like totally maybe (laughs) we should expand this there you go um yeah that's one of my favorite one of my favorite things about Spike.
0: How much is he is he rewriting or
1: or handing you new pages right before you're on set? It's more like, you know, there'll be things that I contribute, like an update, a dialogue update. Um like a you're slang him thing. Like, yeah. You know, hip to the times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So cool. I'll I'll do that and he'll just walk up and be like, What'd you say? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good good spike Lee. <laughs> he'll be like, What'd you say? And I'll, I'll repeat it and then he'd be like I'll be like, it means the same thing. And he'd be like It means the same thing, but it's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's now. Yeah. Um so those things and he would throw more like he loves specificity, right? So if you're using mm. a reference, he gets really excited and he'll expand on the references. Oh, mm-hmm. You know? Hmm. So, eventually, I mean, it didn't take me long to start just anticipating those things. Cool. Okay. And to just do it myself Yeah. before I got to work. Interesting. Um, and, yeah, other than that, there were plenty of things. Mostly, it was like, you know, non-dialogue-based stuff he would just sure. add. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And we would have, and he would leave it up to the editor's to find a placement oh, yeah, interesting.
0: for it. his relationship with his editors is super interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And there are scenes that really stand out because they're so strange mm-hmm. in a way. Sometimes yep. like your th- this one take of you spinning
1: in a chair. Added. Uh-huh. Completely added. <laughs> like last minute. Completely added. What did he added. tell you right before it started? He said this is what we're going to do. He said we're going to play this. Did he have like a vision? Like He just he just I mean, yeah, I think it's he's, like his playground. And he just, it's his playground. Yeah. He's five years old. He's an artist. <laughs> totally. He really is. And he you're was on like, board because oh, you're yeah. like, you're
0: open to, mm-hmm. yep. And you're going to do one take and you're going to cry your eyes out. And
1: that is exactly what why people not? are like, how many times did you do that? I'm like, once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just one of those things where, like, <laughs> again, it's the moment of, like, is this for me? Like, what am I taking from this? doesn't
1: matter. You just let go and you experience it. Yeah, you do. Whatever it's it means to you trust. Is what it means to you. Mm-hmm. Trust. Mm-hmm. And it meant so much. I mean, both in character. I remember that shooting that day. Mm-hmm. Both in character and out of character. You know, it was like we had filmed enough at that point mm. um, for Nola's journey to have resonated in a very visceral way. And I was just... You look at my continuity photos from the series and I was exhausted. It was winter. Winter's really hard for me. Same. Ooh, winter's so hard for me. Here on the first nice day. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, let's go for a run. Um, But, you know, so I just remember it just being this kind of confluence of my actual exhaustion um, Hmm. and gratitude And the journey so far and um, just everything. It was Mm -hmm. like this, exactly the hodgepodge of words that was coming out from, you know. Yeah, cool. And there was, you know, it was one of those moments where you kind of get lost in the overlap of the art and the artist. Um, Yeah. Yep. Acting Nirvana. Which is why it's kind of trippy talking to you because
0: it feels like, of course, I'm talking to you. But I kind of feel like I'm talking to Nola in (laughs) Mm -hmm. a way because of that. This gorgeous gray area between the yeah, two of you. Yeah, for sure. And you can sense that in scenes like that. Mm-hmm. Or in scenes like um, when she goes to the graveyard. Right. Also added. Which, <laughs> la- like super last minute again.
1: <laughs> also added. What?
0: One, I didn't know that one graveyard had all those artists, James Baldwin and they Miles don't. Davis. And,
1: oh. It was multiple. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely multiple graveyards. <laughs> I'm so confused about that. Definitely okay. some, like we had access to some sites oh, and not okay. others so yeah. some of them some of them are real like the monuments you can't fake that like the yeah. ones that are you know standing upright are all real mm-hmm. but some of the ones that are like on the ground I are see. not yeah, don't yeah, ask yeah, me yeah. which because i do not remember right no of all. course and it felt like it was it felt that was part of it was that it was
0: spontaneous it's it super spontaneous yeah and, and it, it was because you I were mean, on the playground
1: on the playground and i mean spike is 61 62 now hmm. prince had just passed yes Oh, I want to ask about that scene too, mm-hmm. the dance. <laughs> I think that's why there was so much, there was so much kind of thread and added, like Nola's favorite color was always purple always. and her favorite album was always that Prince album. Mm. But throughout the series, there was just like more kind of woven in, mm-hmm. um, into the tapestry, you know, cause Spike yeah. lost his friend. Yeah, He lost his friend. Yeah. You know, and that was kind of a that moment was an overlap for him, right? It's like everyone oh, totally. deserves to use their art to process whatever they want to process. Mm. Um mm. and yeah, I was like, yeah, okay. I'll lay down on Basquiat's grave, cool. cool yeah, cool, cool, right. Cool. And it it
0: seems like like his he is using his art to process and he is using it as a his his set as a playground. Yep. But it's a it's a process that he is very much a collaborator, where mm-hmm. he's using other people's strengths. Yeah. And he seems to do that very, very well. For sure. And I know that for the TV show, as opposed to the, for the film, he was intent on making sure that he had female writers in the writer's room. Absolutely. And it sounds like incorporating your vision mm-hmm. into yeah. who she might be. Yeah. What does the nose ring have to do with her?
1: Um, I had just gotten this nose ring. She wears ring. it only sometimes. Only during very personal and intimate moments like i've always i've considered her relationship with her sexuality to be inherently spiritual Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know there's a huge ritual involved the candles has to be on the bed yeah has Mm -hmm. to be on her bed um and so it was just like a little you know it was really funny too because the marcy our um costume designer I remember I came to my first fitting and she was like, Spike hates nose rings. Like he does not accept like, oh. them piercings. Uh huh. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. I auditioned with mine, so
0: <gasps> again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you and your disconfidence in this audition. <laughs> I Insane. Was like, oh, I mean, he he hasn't said anything to me so. <laughs> Very nonchalant, very just like. I was like, oh, um, you know, there's something, there's something in me that's just like, the rules don't apply to me. I don't know. It's probably from my mom. Just like, it's fine. We'll just, we'll see what happens. You know. And he he reminds you of your grandfather. He does.
0: Which is helpful, I guess. Yeah. Or weird sometimes.
1: I mean, everyone calls him Uncle Spike, so I'm not the (laughs) only one who, you know, feels super familial. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it's it's definitely that thing where you know. It's uh it's it's funny where you meet your kindreds and super mm. unexpected, you know.
0: Yeah, and it well and it sounds like in the however many months of filming mm-hmm. how how long was the filming?
1: Season 1 was 4 months. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're saying that because of the progression of the seasons, but also just like you yourself right. by the end of it, you've changed but your relationship with him has changed mm-hmm. and has strengthened. Yeah. And it's and his relationship with the world is changing too. Where did the election fall mm-hmm. into
1: that? That was added, obviously.
0: Because um, it was so huh. soon right before the series dropped, but yeah. there was a full mm-hmm. intro. It was the most yeah. stunning
1: intro. We were filming then. Yeah. Um. And he picked up, those were pickups, because we, we filmed 12 hours a day max, basically. It was yes. like 6 to 6, you know, Monday through Friday. Um. And... He and I both work very efficiently. His Mm. crew is kind of this combination of, like, his vets Mm -hmm. and very young filmmakers, which I love because you see him teaching on set. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we had time. Like, that's why there were so many additional things. The grave thing was additional. The spin moment and the election Mm -hmm. thing. He would just kind of pick up whenever those actors were working. Mm. So... Yeah, um, he had everyone kind of respond in character.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes they're speaking, and sometimes they're just staring into the distance. Yeah, and sometimes it's a walk, and sometimes it's lighting a candle. And mm-hmm. that was it was the most wonderful like fictive adaptation of a response to the election I've seen.
1: Right, yeah. and it
0: helped me process in a way.
1: <laughs> I mean, we were filmed the day after. Yeah, we were filming. There's this dance scene like a party scene in our love is love episode Uh uh-huh and my co-star and i you know the guy he plays one of my best friends and he's like never came out to his parents (laughs) in the story even though they're like yeah we know you're gay it's fine you know totally um (laughs) but we were just i mean we spent the morning before we started shooting just sobbing just sobbing 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 um and that was one of those days where you were just like, Oh my goodness, thank God I'm required to party today. Uh-huh. Like, you know, sometimes you uh-huh. need to lean into it, right? And it's cathartic. Sure. And you're like, Yes, I just need to cry it out. And sometimes you just gotta go the entirely different direction mm. and be forced to be, you know, full of joy. And to be someone else. And to be someone else. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was um it was such a like I don't know. There's no words. There's no, no words I do either. feel
0: like for actors, for those of you <laughs> whose job is to, is to be emotionally sensitive and intelligent and, mm-hmm. and so in touch with your emotions that you need a full morning of sobbing. Yeah. Whereas the rest of us maybe don't get to or mm-hmm. don't have to or something. Right. There is something really interesting about like, Grief, which in the wake of the election, this podcast, by the way, is so liberal at this point. Like, I, how I assume can it not I don't be? have any Trump supporter listeners because how could it, it not be? They're all just like, <laughs> if you're a Trump supporter and you're listening, how are you still listening to this show? Um, it's <laughs> gotten like, so political. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel, I do feel like you, in this, especially in this, you know, emotional sensitive, sensitive role, mm-hmm. I can imagine that you process grief in a more self-aware way Mm. maybe like you can pinpoint the ups and downs of of loss
1: oh for sure yeah 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 and what it evolves to and becomes i
0: we always ask for the acting advice stuff the like what what is your you know advice for Mm -hmm. for handling a big break right for being number one on a call sheet Mm -hmm. do you feel like you kind of set the tone on set, a Two
1: billion percent. Yeah, you're a leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's something that um, hmm. you don't think about until you see it, right? Hmm. Like, my husband has been, he's guest starred on enough, like, pilots and shows, hmm. and I'm always around, right? I'm such a creep. So I was always around. And at one point, I will not name the shows, hmm. but he mm-hmm. was, like, working on two new shows at once. And when I tell you the tones bouncing between sets were so different. Uh-huh. I mean, one you could cut the air with a knife, right? It was like, uh-huh. and I just remember, even for in the wake of you know Me Too and Time's Up, yeah, I all I kept thinking was, thank God for a non toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, some yeah. of the stories that were coming out, I was just like, I just could not even imagine trying to do. Um, Ugh. what I do being that open and vulnerable and mm-hmm. literally naked. Right. <laughs> um, with all this weird tension with of all of like, that. And, and so, no yeah, trust. um, a, a billion percent. And it's so funny. You know, I joke about it. Um, like I said, Spike is really super duper generous. Like I have an assistant when I go back to work, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Oh, and I he's was given you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so I was joking about it. Her name's Tia. She's the best. Uh Nobody try to steal her. Um, (laughs) But but she, um, we were joking about it because like, you know, I got everybody like a taco truck one day, you know, like the kind of like midway morale thing. (laughs) Guys, a taco truck goes a long (laughs) way.
0: It buys you a lot of bounty points.
1: People love tacos. (laughs) Like Taco Tuesday is a vibe. You did every week. No, just oh, okay. like once, you know, and then like a wrap present. Yeah. But it was just like, gotcha. so simple. It was like, mm-hmm. be nice, yeah, get a little token.
0: <laughs> Something delicious.
1: Something delicious. Like it's not a
0: huge burden for you.
1: It's not, okay. you know, it's not. Um, and I mean, definitely, it's interesting walking into, because I absolutely had ideas of fame. Ideas of Uh being number one um, that were not necessarily like favorable. Okay. (laughs) At all. It was like, no thanks. Yeah. And I'm like, it's really not that deep. You know? What's not deep? Any of it. Like Like someone asks you to take a picture, like, take a picture. Right quick. Like Yeah. You know? It's like, okay. It's not a big It's not not a big deal. Not anymore. I mean, maybe Maybe, you know, because we're also in this moment where it takes more time and effort to, like, really be a thing. It does. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like there's 10 years ago, out there. there's a ton of TV. Yeah. You know? On Netflix um, alone. On Netflix alone. Yeah. And if you are a person who is a little more of an introvert and values, like, a level of autonomy, mm. it's great. Uh-huh.
0: It's fantastic. <laughs> The slow ascent to the fame. The slow ascent yeah. is
1: kind of great. That's cool. Yeah.
0: And so your relationship with fame, but it must it must be changing.
1: It's changing. It's evolving, yeah, yeah for sure.
0: But you're saying you don't necessarily want to be at the level of like a Oprah or a George Clooney or... A
1: I mean, it can be A-list really confining, A-list. right? Because mm-hmm. then, like right now I'm enjoying this moment because I still have so much leeway. I'm still in this position oh, yeah. where people don't quite they haven't boxed me yet, right? Yeah, cool. So I can bounce, Mm. I can, like, go ahead and do, (laughs) uh, like, straight-up comedy, which I'm working on now. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, And then ideally soon I'll do something, like, completely different. Gotcha. And, you know, there's no one to say, like, you can't do that because this is who you are. Right,
0: how interesting. Because I've always thought that it's so easy to put people in a type and to box them into Mm -hmm. one thing, but it's actually only when they do it in a project that's huge. correct, Or several. Correct. And you, but part of it too, is that Nola is just a three-dimensional nuanced person yeah, and yeah, you're giving that yeah. performance.
1: And that, you know.
0: There's no other Nola out there, so it's not like, well, her box is Nola.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it was, it was also, that was also the driving force because being the anti-committal person I am, mm-hmm. um, chronic quitter, I I was like, oh, I could play Nola for multiple seasons. She is full enough right, okay. and vast mm. and evolving enough, you know, that gotcha. I wouldn't feel bored or compromised or yeah, you know,
0: it's certainly going to keep challenging you. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: And you don't even know what to expect from season two, but it's
1: gonna... no idea. It's going to be great. Yeah, I
0: know it's in the summer.
1: Uh huh. And that's going to be amazing. That is, that is nice.
0: Wait, so you're but you're based in LA? Mm-hmm. Okay, primarily. Is that because of the weather?
1: It is. Okay. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. People were like, That's oh, funny. did you move for your career? And I'm like, I got cold. Because I might need to do the same. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Pasadena. I'll see you there.
0: But you like L.A.? I do a lot. But you might—you liked New York, too. Like, you liked NYU.
1: I did. And, the,
0: and you And the urban studies, I don't know where that plays into all this.
1: I think, I mean, I've always been, you know, I'm from Baltimore, right? Yeah. And I know that where you're from means a lot. Oh, yeah. It just does, you know, Um, and it means a lot for character. Mm, Um, mm. And to be honest, to be really real, urban studies was kind of like, I discovered that, you know, at NYU, when your primary is drama or art, Mm. their requirements are like, it's not like a a normal BFA where they'll have like, you have to take a hard science, like a chemistry or something like that. Mm -hmm. You could take a social science hmm. So all the classes I was interested in taking just happened to be in urban studies. It was like urban gotcha. environmentalism, urban schools in crisis. There was an architecture, you know what I mean? Cool. And and so it just happened to be it really did just happen to kind of work out that yeah. all my interests were in this one like umbrella. Yeah. And again, mm. I'm just a girl from Bmore, More. So I was like, I get a two for one. i was (laughs) like what
0: let me do that because you're all about efficiency i am (laughs) and then what was the relationship with how well did you know brooklyn
1: or fort green super well oh okay super duper well um had you lived there i lived in bushwick Oh, okay after i graduated for quite a while okay um, but okay. yeah, you know, we it was a part of the study. Like when you're studying the history of New York, you know, Brooklyn's the first borough. It's mm-hmm. where it all began. It's a lot of history. It's a lot there. of history. Yeah. yeah. So mm, a lot. And even before we began, too, um, Spike had us watch this amazing documentary because he's a natural documentarian, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Called Brooklyn Boheme. Um, mm. which will make you really sad. Like oh. it's, it's beautiful yeah. because you're just like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah. But then, you know. That you're... sense of lost history and culture. Yeah. yeah. That sense of like. <laughs> it's a complicated um, feeling. It is a complicated <laughs> feeling because you're like, I mean, I love this Whole Foods, but also like. Totally. You're driving artists out and arts, you know, artists is culture and. Yeah. Or changing one type of art for a different kind of yeah, art. For yeah. For sure. Mm. I can't help but feel like I'm part of that problem. I mean, I am too. <laughs> okay. It's really, uh-huh. you know, I came back, I'm living in Williamsburg now. Oh, uh-huh. In like a high rise. Which <laughs> Williamsburg resembles Manhattan now. Yes. That's where everything is changing. For sure. Yeah. You know, my husband and I were like walking up, I guess it's Wythe. I don't remember what block it was. Mm. But now all the murals, right, where you, once you would have seen like graffiti, mm. like, informal graffiti sure have been appropriated it's all ads ads. it's ads and they're all from this one company
0: oh really they're all like really well done they're all like very they're all glossy yes
1: yes yes it's surreal yeah it's surreal I used to
0: bike along that Mm -hmm. every day over the summers and they would change all the time I didn't know they were one company it's one company but it was at one day I was kind of like they're all ads they're not Mm -hmm. yeah you're looking at it and you're
1: like oh that's so cool and then you're like oh you're selling me something
0: yeah yeah doesn't make it not art, I guess, but like.
1: I know, it's just that It's that to the murky or that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bummer.
1: I oh, am. Yeah. But that's the
0: thing about She's Got to Have It, the series, is that even in the intro, you see his beautiful, like, intercutting of old photos and new. Mm-hmm.
1: From his brother David.
0: Oh, is the photographer?
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: In- of both? Of both. Yeah, he's that's still our really still photographer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because I. It's almost hard to put into words how he must feel about it. Like, it's almost like he's portraying it in a way that's joyful, but very bittersweet. Super bittersweet. Yeah. 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 And he feels the same way about, like, it is great to have Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. It's great great to have nice food. Mm -hmm. But, like, shouldn't
1: everybody have it?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know? (laughs) Totally.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's a bummer. I don't know what I can do about it. Other I than don't continue know what like any of us, the honestly, I really don't know what any of us can do about it mm-hmm. other than like continue to be conscientious and aware and sensitive, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I just remember I like I've had conversations about um Washington Heights, for example, which is mm-hmm. like a direct line to the culture of the Dominican Republic. It's mm-hmm. literally like little dr sure and you know the way in which we talk about a community the way in which we engage with it if it's outside of our like um realm of understanding yeah you know it's just like maybe think before you speak right like yes. if <laughs> someone's like blasting music so great. I was walking down the street the other day and these guys were like outside that Apple store or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just like blasting the most ratchet, wonderful, hood, (laughs) ridiculous song ever. And it was like, it almost mimicked a block party. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Like immediately
1: I just thought like, ah, block parties. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's that. It's having that kind of awareness. You know, if your go-to is like, oh, noise pollution or like, I feel... You know, like my personal space is being infringed space, upon. Yeah, my space. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. exactly. It's just a like, territorial you know, thing. Have another, have another option available to you. Uh, take a
0: deep breath. Take and, a deep breath. Yeah. And and just it's kindness. It mm-hmm. comes back to the kindness yeah, thing. Always, always. Because it does feel like something. The New Yorkness is diminished if you have fewer block parties. If the block parties disappear, what does that leave? What is yeah? Us all right. or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're all just becoming drones on the subway, which I already feel like we're doing. So. I know. I already feel like that's my life. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, so much New York stuff. Okay, <laughs> it's I let's. I want to get to. Okay. We're backstage. I need your acting advice first. Right, of right, all. right, right. First of all, what do you, um, you know, what's your advice for someone who's in the maybe mm-hmm. they're at NYU and they're doing student films yeah. or they're doing the commercials and the odd jobs mm-hmm.
1: and the hustle? Mm-hmm. Other than like perseverance. I mean, I think it's like more than perseverance. Mm. It's finding ways to, one, facilitate your art. And that does mean all the side jobs, right? And all the side Mm. hustles. Mm -hmm. But in the process, always remembering that who you are in every space is who you're going to be, period. It's just, it just is. Like every space is an opportunity to practice the kind of human being the kind of artist you're gonna be mm. does that make sense yeah and
0: by by practicing the person who you're going to be you are yes. that person in a way yes yeah.
1: yes because hmm. if you like once you break what's your once you're like in it you know like in the system sure. yeah, in the system yeah what's going to keep you there is your character and your kindness, mm-hmm. and it, I, t- it's with like without fail. If you're ever watching a performance or you see these actors who were like work a lot and you don't think they're that great, they're mm-hmm. probably the best human being <laughs> ever. I assure you, right? You know, and I've seen plenty of actors kind of fall by the wayside because they lack gratitude. Um, yeah, because you know they complicate i never call anyone difficult i think we're all you know full human beings Mm. but they complicate things for themselves Mm -hmm. um so really so much of my advice has little to do with acting i mean get good (laughs) like continue to practice practice the the basics yeah yeah. continue to do that Mm -hmm. but you know i always say i always think like You know, what keeps me going, and I think so much of the traits that help me thrive are discipline. Um, Learning when I don't love something, an element, about either the industry or what it takes to continue to build the art, including like PR, I I find a way to learn to love it. I just I just find my in, and mm-hmm. then if it's something that doesn't fit on your skin, right, that doesn't rock with you, then don't do it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> then don't do That's it. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because I I even with the students that I met with um, at Atlantic, you know, they were super caught up in type. Um, yes. Which I think is a notion that hopefully there are many artists who are starting to dismantle that
0: oh, okay
1: that's you know an interesting idea yeah in the last couple of I years so. yeah. when it was like you think of steve buscemi you know leading a show or mm. the kind of what used to be considered atypical leads like i mean 10 years ago i was i would not have been no. a lead in new york i was a character actor all day yeah a no contest yeah actor. a supporting character actor you know yeah. and that's shifted mm-hmm. um and so I just I just feel like you know, don't count yourself out before you even before you're even in it and
0: and that that can happen if you get kind of too caught up in type,
1: yeah, maybe too caught up in type, um too caught up in the statistics of it, you know, yeah, there's a sure. a healthy dose of I feel like I've benefited from having a very healthy dose of naivety um, uh-huh. and not knowing. <laughs> Interesting. You know, there's like a lot of actors that know a lot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. They I know do. a lot of like they know the names of actors and yep. projects and directors mm-hmm. and, and casting directors, casting directors, casting directors. directors. Yeah. And I, I was very, I was almost on like a need to know basis. Like okay. if I had a callback, <laughs> then I'd be like, I better watch this movie because I don't know who these people are, right? At all, right? You know, and nothing more. And nothing more. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's almost good advice, too, to be like, yeah, you got to learn everything you need to know, but maybe don't go beyond that because you could very easily get in your head. Yeah, it becomes
1: this rabbit hole. And Mm -hmm. then like the rest of your entire life where you draw your art from is neglected.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
1: Um, Well, and I'm
0: interested in this idea of like if you you're learning, you're teaching yourself how to see essentially see the joy in things like if there's a part that thing about if you don't like a certain aspect of it. Is it a matter of, like, tricking yourself into liking it, or?
1: I mean, I think it's just, it's the, it's a point Hmm. of view. It's like, it's about retraining your mind,
0: Hmm.
1: honestly. Hmm. You know, human beings. Which takes discipline. Yeah, Like, human beings have a natural, like, proclivity tendency to go towards, like, the negative. Yeah. And Hmm. I feel like. Not just to, you know, you can obviously, anyone can make it with any point of view, right? You can like, you can arrive to a place of success, whether you consider yourself a pessimist or an optimist, Mm -hmm. but you will enjoy it more if you're an optimist. Mm -hmm. Um, So why not choose optimism? So why not choose optimism? (laughs) Sure. Because when I tell you there's nothing more heartbreaking than having like... Co-stars who have made it in this relatively impossible yeah. space and they're just like not present and not enjoying it. Mm. I just it just it's heartbreaking. Sure. Um and I just remember every step of the way, you know, coming out of school, even in school, learning to love auditioning, learning hmm. to not allow it to be this, you know, monster where I felt like um my fate was in the hands of someone else, turning it into This really empowering moment where I was like, this is my iteration of this story and this character and Mm. and almost like adding an element of defiance in it, you know, because even now I will audition and I feel like if this is not how you want this character to be, Mm. then I'm not interested. Right.
0: I only want to play the thing that I'm here to that yeah. I'm here doing this in this audition. So
1: Absolutely. Interesting. You know, and it kind of takes that the notion of like what's for you is for you mm. and our, like adding a little fire to it. Yeah. Um, and every step, you know, from taking headshots, if you hate taking headshots and it's yeah. like just not like a thing that you n- are naturally into. Yeah. Um Just continuing to do it and practice and, like, you know, especially in the age of Instagram, right? I could not imagine getting out of school right now. Um, Exactly. (laughs) uh, Just getting better, you know? Yeah,
0: and training yourself to have that mindset,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which does take work and discipline.
1: And there's an art to the business of it. I think a lot of Mm. artists really are, you know think of like artistry as this thing that's really pure right um yeah but there's an art to casting like i love great casting Oh
0: yeah
1: oh yeah um i love great casting and i can almost foresee things like i can tell now i can read a script and say like oh you know who would be great Oh, cool. Like, this would be good for this person. Yeah. Um. And that doesn't make me, f- it doesn't lessen my talent. It just means, like, oh, yeah. when something's great and specific, then it's great and specific. And, you know, it may or may not be meant for you.
0: Yeah. I've never heard it put quite that way in, in terms of, like, changing the audition into, here's my take on this character. And if you don't like it, it's not, oh, fuck you. If yeah. You don't like it. It's yeah. more just like. I am only interested in playing it if this it's is what me, resonates I'm with me and bringing it to me. And yeah, and what parts of the character resonate with me, I'm going to bring those obviously yeah. to this audition. Absolutely, because you're not walking into the indie the audition doing some like you don't. You're not being inauthentic. You're not. You're trying to just bring yourself to it mm-hmm. in an honest, but also in an interesting way. Right. If it's neither honest nor interesting, you don't want the part.
1: Then you don't want the part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And yeah. you can walk away when they say no or if they say no. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you bring it, you do it, you give it everything. And it's so satisfying. I mean, there's no, I just, you know, I love that feeling. I love walking out feeling like I dropped the mic and I did everything yeah. that I wanted to do. Yeah, cool. You know? I love it. Yeah.
0: That's excellent advice. Thanks. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Um, Last question. Yes. What What's the next steps? What are the dreams? What are the goals? I love this idea that's that good. you're not, you're not climbing to the A list just yet. No, you're no, taking your time. Yeah, you're wary of fame,
1: mm-hmm. as we. It's a as trap, we guys. It's it a trap. definitely
0: is. If you're getting into it for the fame,
1: that's not a that's not a thing. Yeah, it's not a thing. No. Not anymore. You mm-hmm. know, everyone talked about like they were like, oh, is it the death of the movie star? I'm like, good riddance. Um, <laughs> totally. Look at you like, in a Netflix bye. show, just like bye. <laughs> I love it. I agree. I mean, it's just you know, who did it work out for? Um, <laughs> I the what's next? Fort I'm super open, you know, and as I mentioned before, super intuitive. So I can read a project and say like, this isn't for me, right? Um, and I will say that I think it's insane that I have not played a supernatural creature yet. Ooh, so yeah. I really want to do that cool, cool, I'm like cool. what's the last time like when's the last movie you've seen about like witches so I want to play a witch or a werewolf I mean witches are or so vampire. cool Yeah, would be great
0: yes I could see you as like a mermaid like a witchy yes. warlocky mermaid or like a
1: <laughs> give me Ursula Yeah. yes,
0: yes. <laughs> totally your eyes are crazy yeah they're crazy you should be playing a vampire
1: thank you I, how is this not <laughs> happening yet
0: you're on top of the world I'm so excited that we got to talk to you thank you so much thank you Thank you for joining us. In the Envelope, and awards podcast, is recorded at Lotus Productions, Hyperbolic Audio, and Big Yellow Duck in New York City, and Soundbox LA, Mark Grau Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, and follow us on Twitter at In the Envelope. Thanks, as always, to producer, editor, and all-around podcast extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet. And thank you to the team at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. That's Peter Rappaport, Rawan Al-Khatib, Francis Ramos, Caitlin Watkins, Lauren Rout, Mark Stinson, and especially Casey Howe. For more awards and industry coverage, head over to Backstage.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another glimpse, In the Envelope.